Hello, and welcome to the Seattle interview series number 10. Today, I have Jewel Lloyd with me. Uh, just an incredible honor, you know, Circling South Sports Podcast. Incredible to have you on. You know, how are you doing? How are things going on? Obviously, the mural's up now, which I got to see that. That's pretty cool. How are you? How are things lately for you? Things are good. Um, you know, here in Seattle, um, you know, it's like that Seattle getting ready for spring kind of weather. So it's kind of going a little back and forth, but it's been good. You know, I'm adjusting and I'm just trying to get my body and mind right for the season and USA camp. It's like that. So uh, I have no complaints, no complaints. Yeah. Yeah. That spring is something I always tell people, you know, it's, it's uh, very unpredictable. So, you know, I, 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 didn't mean to skip this, but, you know, Jewel Lloyd, two-time WNBA champion, Olympic gold medalist, rookie of the year 2015, all-rookie team, two-time WNBA all-star, ESPNW national player of the year, ACC player of the year, and that's where I'll start in college. How was your experience at Notre Dame, and, you know, what do you remember most from your time there? Yeah, you know, I think my college experience was definitely different than most. Um, you know, I didn't have, it wasn't god-awful, but it wasn't great either. Uh, for me, I, I struggled with a lot of things. And, um, you know, so for me, it was really focused on, you know, what, what are my goals? You know, I think coming into college, I knew that I wanted to not just play in college and be done. I wanted to play at the next level. So how can I train like a pro? How can I figure out ways to get to the next level? So my mindset was also different than just living the college experience and, you know, going to parties and all that other stuff. Like that was cool, but that wasn't my main focus. So um, you know, it was, it was a good experience. You know, the, the biggest thing I learned about college is just, you know, it's, it's about relationships, you know, relationships that you keep and hold. That's like the biggest thing is, you know, um, I've made some really good friends at, at Notre Dame and I still talk to them now. And so to me, that's the things I cherish more than just the, the whole college atmosphere. And, you know, just to kind of go off script, how do you think your experience would have been with how things are now? Obviously, you know, Zoom, you know, primary, uh, learning area for now I mean how do you think that things would have been different if you were to be you know say that would have happened when you were in college yeah I think I would have, I think I would have struggled um you know for for people who don't know I, I have learned disability so I need all the resources and things to, to make sure that I'm successful in class and when you're online it's you, you don't have that you know you don't have the one-on-one -on -one necessarily you know with your teachers or time or things like that so it would have been different um but I know I would have followed, probably figured out a way to, to be successful. That's just how I, I am. And most kids nowadays, like that's what you do, you figure it out. But uh, yeah, it would have been so much different for me. I, so I, I have so much um, respect for the, the kids and professors and teachers, parents who have to, who had to do this for a whole year and are just now kind of getting back to somewhat like normalcy. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to think about, you know, just because at least my experience, I mean, I think end of freshman year to now is this is all this is how I've been learning. So <laughs> definitely kind of hinders it, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so then from Notre Dame, what was your draft experience like and how did that all take place? What do you remember most from it? You know, and what, what goes through your head, you know, when you you know that you're being selected, you know, by Seattle? Being drafted and the whole draft selection process is is different. You know, I was I still remember still being at Notre Dame at the time, getting ready to pack up and getting calls from GMs like, hey, you know, we're, we're looking at you and you know, we're proud of you and all these other things. And you know, I'm still like walking to class on the phone with, <laughs> you know, GMs while I'm like trying to figure it out. And um, so that was interesting. It was almost kind of like being recruited again. You know, they're trying to get a feel for for who you are and, you know, you get a little insight into each team and, and how the coaches are. But, um, you know, being drafted, everyone who was supposed to be there in my circle was there. You know, I had my godfather, my family, 
Um, so it was very special to share that moment with my family. And, you know, we're, my brother, he's very business oriented, like doesn't really show him a lot of emotions and whatever. But the moment my name was called number one and sitting there and looking around the table and seeing, you know, my dad and my mom, my brother, my godfather, um, all the people who kind of molded me and kind of helped my career all kind of have a expression of like, oh man, it paid off. You know, like we're so excited for you. It was amazing. And it's, I mean, it happens so quick. It happens so fast. Like you get your name called, you go upstairs, like you hold your jersey, and then, then you go back to media. So it's like so quick. So you don't really get a chance to really soak it in. So yeah. I think, you know, later on, you're like, man, that was pretty sick. Like you watch or see pictures and you're like, okay, like that's unbelievable. But in the moment it happened so quick, you just kind of like, this is awesome. This is, you know, this is great. Um, but it, it was, uh, you know, it's definitely a special moment, something that I will always remember forever. Yeah, really. It sounds like a real whirlwind. So you would you say you didn't really, it didn't kind of set in for a little bit after or? No, I don't think it hit me till like, I don't know, maybe my friends are going back home. I mean, the, the W moved so quickly. And for me, it was like, I got drafted. Like the next week I was in Seattle. So I was already, you know, leaving Notre Dame. I was gone, like whatever, did my finals, all everything. I was back home in Chicago. A week later, I was in Seattle. Then I'm finding an apartment. Then it's just like so quick. So you don't really get a chance to like really sit down and like think about like what just happened. You just got to get ready. And so that's kind of what happened. But, you know, I luckily, I, you know, my circle has done a great job of, you know, reminding me constantly of the accomplishments I've had in my life and to cherish those moments. But yeah, as a rookie, you kind of just like, what's next what's next so from there you know you come to seattle um and then obviously that first year you win rookie of the year uh someone pretty i'd say pretty important uh sue bird that first year you know what do you learn from her in that first year you know and uh i guess outside i know i won't ask that just yet but what, what do you learn from her in that first year uh and did she, you know, how much of an impact did she play in, you know, helping you win that rookie of the year, if any? Yeah, no, I mean, she, you know, I, looking back now, like I, I'm spoiled, you know, I've been playing with the, the greatest point guard to ever play the game, right, my whole life, like that's my whole professional career is playing with a, a you know, a, a genius, right, a basketball genius. And so coming into the league as a two guard and trying to figure out how to play in the league, like you need a really good point guard. So having her and helping me, you know, know when to flare, know when to curl, knowing, you know, just to be myself and allowing me to grow into space. And I think Sue understood that there was a learning curve that I had to get to because I was one of the younger players in the league and, you know, everything was so new. So the time that she took to get to know me off the court made me more relaxed and trust her when I was on the court. Uh, so that was something that was really big. And I don't think she really noticed that that was a big factor for me to know that she didn't just care about me as a basketball player. She actually cared about me to, to get to know me as a person. And that allowed me to, just, you know, prosper and grow and be patient. And Sue always told me from the get-go, you know, never get too high, never get too low. And so that's something that's always kind of been in the back of my mind as we train and practice. But I think the confidence she always gives us to, you know, to go out there and be ourselves. That's something that I always cherish. And um, I mean, like I said, I've been spoiled because she, she makes it look easy. She makes my job easy when she's setting me up all the time. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was great to, to have her as a rookie and then also be, you know, teammates with her for this long. So this might have been her, but do you remember who kind of reached out first to you when, you know, you got drafted or, uh, you know, yeah, kind of said, hey, you know, welcome to Seattle, you know, excited to have you on. Do you remember who that would have been? Yeah, no, Sue. Uh, I landed um, like on a Thursday and we went to a restaurant for dinner on a Friday. So she was really quick to 
help me out. Um, like I said, it was my first time living by myself in the city by myself. So she mm -hmm. was the first person to reach out and right away got to know me. So it was, it was definitely Sue. How much, you know, would you say that you've changed as a person and then as a player since 2015? Because, you know, things change. I mean, every year, obviously last year, big changes and everything. But, you know, 2015, you know, and uh, as you talked about, you know, you're learning disabilities. Um, just how, how would you say, you know, how would you reflect as a person that you've changed, you know, in these just about six years or so, and then as a player on the court? I think the biggest change change for me um, has to be my why, why I play. I think that's been constantly evolving as I gotten older in the league and as I figured out what's important to me. I think early on, definitely my first year and second year, um, it was about proving people wrong. It was about showing, you know, everyone who told me I shouldn't leave college early that I was right, you know, proving, you know, certain people wrong right like that was my that's my mission it was like no I'm gonna show you that I made the right decision for me like I you know I was like a hothead you know like no like this is no so that's what showed my inconsistency when I played because every time I made a mistake or every time I missed a shot it was like I heard those mm. you know those words in my head so it made me more you know pissed off or I lost the focus of what was actually going on yeah and as I kind of grew and understood like you know how things work and what my goal was and what my vision was and where I want my my legacy to be and things like that, I realized that I can't control that. It's not my worry. Like what's my why? And I look at my family, I look at my niece and nephew, I look at my friends and I think of the bigger picture of like really helping young girls, young, you know, black athletes and the next generation. It's like, that's the, that's what I'm passionate about. Not necessarily proving people wrong. So as I've gotten older, as I've been able to play and travel across the world, you realize like what actually matters to you. You know, you realize life's a, life's a gift and you're not guaranteed anything. So, now my why is, you know, I play for joy. I play for the next generation. I'm passing on information. And that's what keeps me going. It's not necessarily trying to prove it wrong because you do that, that's a, a miserable life because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. And so it's hard to understand as a young athlete because you always want to try to prove yourself, right? But, you know, when you, you know, I've been very blessed and fortunate to be in the career that I'm in and have a career that I've had and realize like every win, every day, it's, it's a win, right? And so um, I don't need to form myself into what other people want me to be. Uh, I just try to be the best version of myself every day. Do you have uh, a certain welcome to the WNBA moment that sticks out to you that kind of, you know, kind of that hit you and you said, wow, I'm here right now, whether it be, you know, some that you really enjoyed or maybe just some that kind of knocked you down and said, oh, you know, this is, this is real now. And I'm, you know, kind of got to be prepared for this. Ooh. Um, you know, I think as a rookie, you know, I, I mean, you're playing against veterans. So getting hit on screens and the tempo of the game and, you know, getting your shot blocked by Diana, you know, then her talking smack to you, then going, it's like, you know, in college, you know, I was the one who's blocking people's shots. And now I'm basically starting at the bottom again. So I think you realize pretty quickly that's because how competitive our league is, you know, it's, it's not easy to make this, this league It's not easy to make a roster. So when you compete every night, you're actually competing every night. There is no off nights and anyone could get you. So I think right away, you, you, you learn that, that it's every night you have to bring it every night you have to be a professional. And sometimes it's hard for people to struggle, but like learning that early on and, you know, we weren't that good my first two years. So seeing like, man, like we're losing. I've been lost like this forever and the media and all these other things you kind of get hit. Like, man, this is not a college where I, I'm guaranteed to play. This is not something that you're, you know, guaranteed to do. 
So now I have to figure out ways to, to be consistent and help our team because like that. So definitely first year, I mean, I, I got hit by so many screens. It was ridiculous. Like I was just, I was, wasn't strong enough. You know, I was just getting knocked around and um, I mean, you'll eventually learn, but you know, it's usually a lot of rookies get hit right away with, with screens. They come, they come for you right away. Um, shoot. That's um, so what, how did you feel when you were voted into your first all-star game in 2018? Was it emotional or was it just kind of, you know, hard work paid off type of thing? How did, how did that feel to you? No, I was definitely excited. I, you know, I was, that's what, that's been one of my goals to be an all-star and, um, you know, you work super hard for that and, you know, to be named that you see the recognition that you have from the fans, the coaches, the, your colleagues, and you know that you're on the right path, you know, and, you know, you get the first one, you're like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's a fluke, right? And then you hope that, you know, the next year you follow it up or whatever it is. And so being, you know, also twice, um, you know, it's it's nice, um, but it's not everything as well. So it's, you know, I, I try to just, obviously it's great recognition, but, you know, the end of the day that the goal is to win some championships. So looking still at 2018, I don't know if you, you know, have a favorite, but does either title in, you know, last year or 2018, do you, is there one that was more enjoyable to you or they both is like, Hey, these are titles. I can't complain. You know, uh, we, we won in 2018 and it was such a unique season in itself for us and everything that we, you know, had to fight through. And we just, it was an historic run, honestly, you know, our game five Phoenix and things like that. But for me, I didn't, I didn't play to my standard. So I was, I was very mad after we won like a championship, like something I've always wanted. I'm still like, dang, I don't feel, I don't feel good. I didn't, I didn't play well yeah. in my eyes. Right. And so um, I bought, like, I, I told myself, you know, we get back to the playoffs, we get back to finals. Like I want to, you know, finish right. I want to play better. You know, I have to play better. And so I feel like 2020, for me, it was a better championship run for us. Something that we've been, not just because of how I played or how we played or how we handled business, but with everything going on, our focus, our commitment to social justice and seeing everything kind of went around the educational part of it, that, that makes it so much special because I don't know if we'll ever do that ever again. Like, who knows, right? Like having a bubble and doing that for the first time and everything's going around, like that's got to be like a 30 for 30, you know, like, who oh, knows? So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was like, I don't know. So I, for me personally, I have to say, you know, last year's championship was definitely more um, a little bit of an asterisk and of excitement things like that for me. I want to branch off in two ways, you know, from what you said there, you know, obviously with the bubble uh, that happened, and I'm sure that, you know, obviously, you know, you win a championship, but I'm sure having to be in that environment and that setting for so long can't be enjoyable, you know, and then uh obviously things are getting better you know vaccinations are continuing to you know increase uh and it probably won't look like that'll have to happen you know but when that idea was potentially floated around I saw several people just immediately shoot it down what was that like for you having to go through what was your bubble experience like the best way to explain it for people to understand it is like it was like adult summer camp like it was mm. like lanyards and everyone has their own, like their dorm. And it was literally, yeah. like summer, it was summer camp. Like you can't go, you can't go home until your parent comes get you, you know, like for us, that was until the end of the season. So you lose. Right. So it was the same thing every day. Um, you know, some people thrived in it. Some people, it was just too much. You know, you don't have an outlet and you don't have other resources and you're literally doing the same thing every day that gets redundant. And, you know, luckily for us, we, we get along with our teammates and, you know, we were able to have some kind of, 
you know, chemistry and, you know, game nights and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of on your mental because you're also, yeah. you know, thinking about what's going on outside of the bubble, right? Like as much as we're doing things in the bubble and we're educating ourselves and we're talking about this and we're on ESPN, like there's a lot of stuff that's going on that we can't really be a part of because we're, we're isolated too. So, you know, for me, it was trying to find my peace, you know, working on, you know, I, we had a counselor, I was talking to her, like it was a lot of things that I had to do for my mental, but um, overall, I mean, if you could get to the bubble, you can get through a lot of things. And then you talked about it, you know, with whenever I see, you know, these issues that pop up in the world of social justice, it's, it's always like the WNBA is first to do something and they always spread the message correctly. You know, it's, it's, it, that's always something that stood out to me. I was like, wow, it's always like they're first, they're leading the way. And I always really appreciate that, you know, and it's, it's like the other leagues follow suit. They, they, they see what, the WNBA does and they say hey you know let's I don't know I don't that makes sense I'm probably rambling a little bit but it's all oh, yeah that's always stood out to me I was like hey they're coming out and saying something first they're making a statement first and I always thought that was really cool you know for the league as a whole to do that obviously the, you know you guys did your thing but you know with the league as a whole I just always thought that was really cool and I think that um, that's important that's something that I uh, part of the reason I started the podcast was uh, there was a paper on an athlete. I had a question. It was like, should athletes use their platform? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and I did a thing about, you know, different people who have, obviously, um, I'm sure you remember, I don't remember her name. I don't think her name should be said. Uh, someone told LeBron to shut up and dribble. And that was a whole thing. You know, I was like, well, uh, so just yeah. to see that NBA consistently do that is, you know, really, I just, you know, I don't know if proud is the right word to use, but it, it makes me proud. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Appreciate that. Well, I thank, thank you guys for, you know, doing the work that you continue to do, you know. Um, speaking of, uh, well, not speaking of, do you have a favorite team in the league to play against? Is there anybody that you sort of like to go after on a certain night, look at the calendar, say, oh, I'm excited to play against, you know, whoever obviously you mentioned playing against Diana, but is there anybody that's like, I really want to go after these guys tonight? You know, if you look at my stats, I, I usually play pretty well against Phoenix. Um, I think that's because of Diana. I think because, you know, when you want to, you're looking at the GOAT, right? Someone you watched growing up, someone you modeled your game after and know you had like the mama connection. Uh, you don't want to go out there and, and, and suck. You want to give her the best respect and the best respect is to play hard and compete. So I think I, I, I dial in a little bit more um, playing against Phoenix. Not that she guards me or anything, but forever it is, Phoenix has always been a team where I felt really comfortable playing against Um but hopefully that's like the feeling I have against every team in the league. But yeah, there are Chicago as well, just because I know the Chicago people so well growing up there, knowing the, you know, the organization, you know, slew and stuff. They, they've helped me so much grow as the player I am. So going back home, always playing in front of my fan, like my fans and my family, it's always really nice being in Chicago. So those two teams I, I love playing against and playing with, you know, it's just, um, you know, good people and good energy every single time. A little extra motivation, you know, doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah. Would you stay with that then? that that would be your favorite away arena if so or maybe if not maybe Chicago or yeah arenas it's a little different you know I think um yeah I mean it's a for for me I don't know Phoenix is a good vibe for me um you know I I like playing in LA it's a little different um but I I, my best away games have been in in uh in Phoenix so so it (laughs) hurt you know it doesn't hurt Yeah. yeah If you had to pick one, who would you say is your funniest teammate, whether it be, you know, current roster or throughout your career? 
funniest teammate if you had to put if I had to put you on the spot? Mercedes Russell. She is hilarious. She people think she's like super quiet and like super laid back. Well, she is super laid back, but she's hilarious. Her side comments and her goofiness is um it's one of one of the best by far. So taking it to this year, uh well, this last year, pardon me. What challenges did Las Vegas present in that those finals? Um and how would you, how was the team able to com- combat them? Because obviously, you know, if you look at the scores, you know, wasn't exactly nail biting. You know, and that's no disrespect to Las Vegas, but what were you guys able to exploit against them, or what did you guys see to be able to win in that fashion? We've always been very prideful in how we um, how we practice and how we are always in shape every year. We know that our speed and our stamina is like a big part of how we play is a lot of movement. So we try to wear teams out. You know, we, we try to wear them out and move and, and find mis- mismatches when we can. And, you know, we, we knew that Vegas is very physical. Um, you know, they're very big and they come, you know, they, they bring that toughness every single night and it's always hard to compete against them. And obviously they have MVP Asia who, you know, you're going to try to stop, right? But she's going to score. She's going to dominate. Oh, yeah, she's going to get hurt. But now, exactly. So now it's like, okay, well, if she gets hers, we got to make sure no one else gets theirs, right? Yeah. Um, but yet they still have such a dominant team. So for us, it's, you know, we're on our stuff. Like, we're confident in who we are. We're confident in what, what we're, you know, about to do. Um, we're confident in our, our ability just to run, you know. I mean, halfway through, you know, quarters, we knew they would win it. And our bench came in. They were good, and we were fresh. And oh, yeah. um, that's, you know, we – we're very big on making sure we're in shape and we're playing fast all year round. So when it comes to those games that we just hopefully wear teams out. So to keep in that season a little bit, and then I'm going to move from there to newer, newer things. Uh, how has it been? Well, not necessarily the season, but kind of, uh, how has it been trying to keep in contact with everybody on the team, you know, throughout the pandemic, obviously we've got a couple of players, you know, playing overseas but in general, how has it been trying to, you know, keep in contact with everybody? Because, you know, normally I'm sure, you know, there would probably be team activities and such. I remember I was down in downtown one year and I saw, I don't remember if it was you, it was some, it was a team because I remember the logo specifically, but I was like, you know, obviously, you know, there's team activities. I'm sure that would go on. How has that been, you know, throughout the pandemic? How has it been trying to, you know, stay in touch with everybody? Well, we see in a group message um, all year round. And so we usually hit the group up when we, you know, when things go, you know, are going on or whatever it is, or just checking in. So we usually just do that. And like I said, we've been, you know, most of us have been together for a while. So um, have a great relationship with, with Stewie and Sue and, you know, Sadie's and I know Piff since I was in high school. So our relationships are kind of pretty strong. So when we're in the group message, everyone kind of hits it up or, you know, we make sure that we're good. So that's pretty unique about us that we're, we're actually pretty close off the court. So it kind of helps them you know, the pandemic and we stay in contact all year round. So relating to teammates, obviously uh, some fan favorites left this year. Um, well, not necessarily by choice. Uh, you know, Sammy Whitcomb, Natasha Howard, Alicia Clark. Th- I mean, three big players, three instrumental players to this organization. What do you miss most about each of those teammates? You know, since, uh, I mean, obviously I, Sammy and Natasha are in New York and, Alicia's with Washington, I believe. I might have forgotten that. Uh, but, you know, what do you miss about those three? I think, you know, right off the bat, you look at, you know, AC was our, you know, energizer. She was our core for, def- you know, our leader uh, defensively. And, um, you know, we're going to miss having her voice, um, kind of just holding everyone accountable. 
But, you know, she's done a great job of being a leader to, you know, help, you know, myself, Stewie, find our voices. So, um, you know, we're, we're ready to kind of fill that void. But, um, you know, even with, you know, Tosh and, and Sammy, right, like they're, we were together for, you know, multiple years. That's super rare, too. Like we, as much as people are like, man, you know, they left, but a lot of teams don't stay together that long that, mm-hmm. that we have. So we were, you know, it's going to happen. Like Golden State is kind of going through that now. It's like, it's hard to keep everybody together. So you kind of know that people are going to leave here and there, but you know, Sam is such a great person. I mean, everyone on this, on our team and everyone who comes to our organization is great people. So you're going to miss, you know, the, the energy they bring in and, you know, their side comments and just their personalities. But, um, you know, basketball, you bring people together and, you know, hopefully you have good relationships to maintain that beyond just basketball. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a new look for us and a new team. And, um, you know, we're just excited to get everybody back in camp. Like you were saying, you know, any team that is consistently a championship contender and any team that, you know, continues to win these, you know, it's going to, you're not going to be able to keep everybody that's, you know, it's just not going to be able to happen. So, you know, it's uh, speaking about that, the new faces, you know, Candace Dupree, Stephanie Talbot, Katie Samuelson, Micaiah Herbert Harrigan, uh, Haley Gorecki's on the training camp roster. How are you feeling about next season? Because I don't know if you ever buy into any of the, you know, technically I'm journalism, but I'm not big name journalism. Bleacher Report rated you guys as a D for the offseason moves, which I think is blasphemous, but that's my <laughs> piece. How are you feeling about uh, next season as well as, you know, your new teammates? And, you know, have you been able to reach out to any of them? I know Katie Lou's playing over uh, overseas with her sister. Um, how are you feeling about the new teammates? Yeah, you know, a D is passing. So a kid from me, I'm like, hey, as long as they're doing an F, like we're passing. So you can always go up from there, right? I mean, um, no, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're excited for people to get in camp. We're excited to, to see everyone. Um, you know, the biggest thing is making sure everyone's bought into what we do here in Seattle. And we're, we're really big on culture. We're big on atmosphere. And so um, having people actually here in camp to see what we do, see what we're about and ready to learn, we're, we're excited about that. And, you know, Dupree has been a veteran, so she knows the league very well. So having her expertise is, is very crucial, we're trying to help the rookies and the new people come in along and, and figure out, you know, what we are, right? Every team is different. Every, um, you know, matter how long you've been together, every season looks different too. So we're excited about that. And I've reached out to, you know, the, the younger rookies and, um, you know, just reaching out to them to get to know them and let them know, you know, what we need from them and their, the mindset that they need to have coming into camp. Um, I know Haley from Chicago area, you know, she played on my AU team, so I know her pretty well. And so being able to talk to her and, and kind of ease her nerves a little bit, but let her know that it's, you know, it's competition. It's here, you know, nothing's guaranteed. So come in and, and bring it. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. You know, we're excited to have a, a national training camp and hopefully everyone's healthy and you know ready to go when, when they get here. Yeah. You know, with adding some veteran presence, I forgot to mention Ty Young. That's my fault. Um, but, you know, adding veteran presence into some younger players, I'm, I don't know. I'm excited. I, you know, I, there was that, and I was just like, that's, I don't know. Obviously it's tough <laughs> because I guess the writer didn't watch anything overseas and that's a big part, you know, to pay attention to. So I will get it overseas here in a second. Um, speaking of newer things, are you excited to play at, uh, it's now Climate Pledge. I have to keep remembering that when it's already, cause you know, that's such a huge thing to have it all redone. Um, and you spent, I remember there was, you know, uh, while that was happening, spending time in Everett and, uh, oh, sh- I don't remember the heck Ed, heck Edmondson. Are you just excited to get back in climate back at home, you know, spend time in the yeah. bubble and then back at Everett and UW? 
yeah, you know, hopefully we're, we're able to get in there and, and play. I think it's good for, for the cities, good for our fans. I mean, that's been our home gym and we've had some amazing games and the history of the arena is still very, um, you know, prevalent in this area. So, you know, we're, we're hoping, we're hoping to get in there and play and um, have a chance to kind of break it in. From what I read, it was supposed to be, you know, around playoff time and the season for you guys. So, you know, hoping everything goes well. And then with that being said, would you, would you want to see a Sue Bird statue when things are all said and done for her and her career outside of that stadium? Cause I mean, I think it would just make sense. Obviously speaking of statues, Adrian Wilson has hers at a uh, SC, but I think, you know, I think I know your answer, but I'd let you, yeah. I'll let you speak on it first. Yeah. I mean, Sue has done so much for the city. She's done so much for the game of basketball and, you know, to, to have her recognition, like her recognize outside the stadium or have her anywhere um, in Seattle would be amazing. You know, so whatever she feels is right. I mean, I know she is super low key, but also, you know, as she's grown, she's been super popular as well. So, um, you know, any way we can honor Sue is always, that's what we want to do is make sure that her, uh, what she's done for the city gets recognized and then her legacy keeps, you know, moving forward. Speaking about newer things again, have you seen the new jerseys yet? Have they have they showed you those yet? I know obviously you were in the photo shoot for the the new hoodies. I got to get one of those. I I slacked a little bit and they sold out. But yeah. have you been able to see the new jerseys yet, or are those still a secret to you as well? Uh, it's still a secret. I saw like some prints. I saw some early on, but actually seeing it, um, you know, live in person, I haven't done that yet. Um, hopefully soon. Um, but I know they're you know it's for us, you know, we we're excited about, you know, anything new for, for the W and something that's exciting, something that you want to wear. So um, I heard it's uh, pretty fresh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's exciting. It's exciting to think <laughs> about. I know because I have the weekly show I do on Tuesdays, right. With a couple of guys. And I was, I really liked the logo. I liked it. I didn't think it was like, it was trying to do too much, you know, mm-hmm. pretty sleek. Like I said, I miss out in the damn hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, you know, Hey, I liked it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, And then to speak about Seattle, you know, coming from, like you said, coming from Chicago, and then obviously you're stopping Notre Dame. What are you thinking about what's your, what are your thoughts on Seattle as a city after being here for, you know, about six years, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, with the weather, that's always a big factor, but you know, what do you think about the city of Seattle? No, the city, it's been great. It's, you know, anyone who comes out and visits from back home, they, they fall in love with it. They, you know, it's a different vibe. It's definitely more laid back than Chicago with hustle and bustle kind of vibe. But um, no, I really enjoy it. You know, it's, it's definitely peaceful, peaceful here. And that's something that's you kind of need with the hectic lifestyle that, you know, I live and having to come back home and, and finding, you know, some peace. And it's better than shoveling snow. You know, I can deal with the rain. Like I, I can deal with it. It's not like a yeah. Midwest storm all the time either. So um, this is like a good calmness uh, for me. With the exception of uh, snow every once in a while, you know, that's uh, we get it like once every February. It's uh, there's these big storms and then it's kind of like, yeah. okay. Um, so getting into playing overseas, as I alluded to earlier, what differences really stick out to you when it comes to playing in the W as compared to going overseas and playing there? The competition by far, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great players overseas and there's a lot of great teams and, and leagues, but there's nothing like playing the W. I mean, every night you have to compete. Every night you have to bring it. And overseas, sometimes you could kind of cruise through, you know, certain games, depending on who's on your roster, who you're playing. But, uh, you know, I think that's like the biggest thing. The competition is different. And the game's different. You know, they're, you know, overseas, 
it's really team oriented, like really heavily. They, they're big on that. Um, you know, they're really big on EuroLeague, really big on their, their cup games. And, you know, for, for us in the W, it's like, regardless if this is practice, regardless of this, you know, we're, we're trying to go win a championship, you know, and, and the competitions is harder. I think the physicality, the athleticism of the league guarding people is different. Like, I'm going to lie. Like when I go overseas, I'm like, I'm playing defense, but I'm not really playing, you know, cause it's just different, you know, like, you know, that yeah. you could kind of pick and choose, you know, how you want to play because of you trust your athleticism, you know, that's why Americans are over there. They need us to help. Right. So um, it's just different, but I have a lot of respect for all the European teams I've been on and played, played against. And like I said, there's a lot of European players. that don't get a lot of love that are really good that should, you know, come over here in the league and play, but it's just different. It's just different culture. That's it. But um, you know, physicality and, like I said, the W is just different competition. Do you have a favorite memory from playing overseas? Anyone that, you know, I'm, I kind of ask questions that might have been, you know, oh, there's more than one. But do you have a favorite memory or two about playing overseas? Um, my, I think my probably my favorite experience was playing in Spain, playing for Salamanca, the same team, uh, Luzon right now. Um, you know, they, they're such a great organization. And, you know, we won uh, the Copa back-to-back. And we won in our own town, which was like never been done before ever. So that was uh, right before the pandemic happened. We won. Um, my dad was able to come to Spain and, and watch me play overseas. And so that was exciting. But the people of Salamanca and the team and organization were phenomenal. And so I have a lot of respect for them. And um, that was probably my favorite moment overseas. So to step away from overseas, I guess, uh, what was your experience uh, at the first USA basketball camp you attended in 2009 at the age of 15? How was that? how did that go? Cause I mean, you're 15, you know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you were prepared for it, you know, say, Hey, this is a USA basketball camp or what was that like for you? I think it was different. You know, I think I, you know, I didn't go to a big well-known high school. Um, I wasn't necessarily ranked super high or really well-known, you know, nationally. And so going, going to the USA, you're, you're here. I go, that's the girl from, you know, New York, you know, that's the girl from there. And I'm like, I don't know who these girls are. I'm just going to play. You know, and that wasn't me being arrogant or anything. Because I really yeah. didn't know. Like, I only knew about Chicago players, right? I, and that's all I really cared about was, like, who's whoever I'm playing, in my, you know, for high school. So going there, you kind of just embrace it. You just, you know, you're also at that, like, awkward stage of, like, trying to meet friends. Like, I remember me and Stewie, like, we pretty much just looked at each other the whole time. You know, we, like, did, we were so, both super shy, super nervous, and just wanted to play basketball. Yeah. Like, you know, so, like, we – it was just like one of those moments where like, all right, like, you like basketball, I like basketball, right, let's go play rather than like whatever. But it's, it's different because you're, you're there and you're like, so like, am I better than her? And you kind of start that, um, the mindset of comparing yourself to players and seeing where you need to be, seeing how far you all, how far off you are from the real competition. So it's always, it's always interesting, but anytime you're with USA, you learn, you learn so much from the coaches, from, you know, the style of play, the wisdom, the knowledge. So, you know, I always walked away and walk away still now just sleeping like, okay, like I learned this or I, I understand this or spacing, timing. But uh, it's definitely different, you know, because you walk in the gym and you're just like, I have to make new friends for the next four days. Like, who do I sit with at lunch? You know, it's like an awkward high school yeah. experience kind of thing. But um, it's always very fun. So to go off track, did you keep in contact with Stewie after that? Or was it, you know, when you're both on, you're both, brought to Seattle it was like hey you know it's you you know or yeah. how, how did that go yeah no ever since uh you know us being together in France and Spain uh together we've been really cool I've always had um a really good relationship with Stewie uh, a lot of people think they've been getting along because she went to UConn I went to Notre Dame but that was like 
relevant for me, you know. Um, but yeah, no, so we've we always been really cool and really close, which has been really nice. So finally, you know, we finally got a chance to be on the same team together. It's working out pretty well. Speaking about UConn, there was a, I know there was a tweet, I think Phoenix put one out and it was, uh, you know, they've got four UConn players and then Seattle retorted, you know, with the <laughs> now four UConn players with uh, Keaton yeah. Lou, but with the titles in the back, do you, is, do you ever, you know, kind of rib anybody on the team about UConn uh, at all? Or is that just kind of like, you know, you know, Hey, you know, you went to UConn and it doesn't really matter as much. I don't really care about that. I never cared about college stuff. Like I was trying to be a pro, like, you know, like yeah. I didn't really care. Like it was obviously if I, we had opportunities to win, right. Like we were there and if I'm good, we're going to compete and we want to win a, you know, a national title. But I mean, UConn's team was just stacked. Like, and I, I've been a UConn fan, even though I didn't go there, I've always had appreciation for, for Gino and what he does and, and the players. So every once in a while, Stewie gives me, you know, crap for, for being her. Cause we were the only team that beat her, you know, three times. So three, three of her losses were to us. So I'll take credit for that, but yeah, no, it's, it's nothing. I mean, we're professionals now. Like we're getting paid for to do something that we love. Like I don't really, it's oh, yeah. I'm not kind of like, but yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. To get back on track. Can you put in the words, what it's like to play in the Olympics? Is that some, is like, are you able to sum that up at all? Or is that just a, an experience that you've just got to kind of experience? We're going to experience it right in, in, in a couple, a couple months. That's my, that's my, um, my goal, you know, um, coming in and playing and leaving college early was I want to win a WMA title and I want to win a gold medal. You know, that those have been my goals. So I can't even fathom the emotions I'll feel if, once I get the call that I'm on the team. Um, you know, I can't even think about it because that's something that's unbelievable. I mean, that's the highest of high, right? Like that's like what all athletes want to compete in is a gold medal. And so um, having the, even the opportunity to have USA on my chest and go to the camps and be involved is like super humbling, but it, it keeps me hungry. How different would you say is, uh, are the three V threes uh, and just normal, well, not normal, but more, you know, the five on fives. What, what's the difference there? It's speed. It's different. It's a, such a faster paced game. There's no stopping. Uh, obviously the rules are different. You know, once the ball goes through the net, it's the shot clock starts right away. You can play defense live before you go back to the three-point line. So you really have to, I mean, it's kind of like playing, playing tree ball, you know, like you're playing the parks, but a little bit more organized. Like it's one, a lot of one-on-one -on -one defense and breakdowns and you got to be able to guard your own. It's a little bit more physical because the refs don't really call as much. So it's nonstop like going for you know, the 10 minutes or the first 21. So there's no breaks um, where, you know, five on five is a little bit more structured. You know, obviously you have different subs, you have coaches like timeouts um, and, and three on three, you're kind of just out there with you and your team and that's it that, you know, got to figure it out and you're being timed. So you don't have time to think, you just got to react. So I like them both, you know, it's, it was an experience to, to play in Russia and to do that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm more five on five now. <laughs> Um, is there anything in your game that you're working to improve on right now, or is it sort of, you know, just continuing to, you know, work as a whole? Is there anything that's like, Hey, I need to work on this, you know? Yeah. You know, I said this last year too, when, you know, everyone's asked me like, what you work on? I'm like, you know, I'm not, not going to talk about it. Like, I'm just going to show it because a lot of times, you know, we talk about, yeah, I've, done, I've been doing this, I've been doing this. And then you don't put it, you know, you don't do it you know yeah. so I want to be more about just my actions you know I know that I've been working with Phil Handy and you know so I've been working on handles I've been working on you know shooting extending the rain all the other things but you know none of that matters if you can't do it on the high level right yeah. so 
Um, in my mind, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm there, I'm working, I'm, I'm improving, but we'll see, you know, we'll see the season, you yeah. know, like all, all the things that come together, if it makes sense. And you guys can be the judge of telling me, you know, what I've improved on. And um, I'll let you guys actually do, you know, do your jobs. I'll give you guys a, you know, a study guide. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I know some people don't like to kind of look at their accomplishments or like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still working right now. Like you say, you just, I'm just, I don't try to focus on that stuff. Would you pick an award that means the most to you from your career? I know you kind of mentioned, you know, the Olympics and that gold medal, but is there anything that means the most to you? Um, honestly, I think the, the best thing so far has been the dedication of my court in my hometown. I think having that plaque there um, shows what the town, the love that we have in our town. If I was just talking to a friend the other day and I don't think like I'm from a small town, Lincolnwood, Illinois, and how we were raised and the community there is nothing like I've ever been involved in ever. And everyone who comes from Lincolnwood always talks about, yeah, Lincoln was this, like we just, we just rep Lincolnwood. Like it's different. It's a different feel. And um, so knowing that the community has been with me and has never left my side and has always had my back and always supported me with everything to go back and see that they put a plaque on the course that I grew up playing on. It's amazing because now generation of kids have come there and they're reading the sign and they're, you know, looking up who I am or they're like, Oh wow. Like she's from here. Like she's one of us, you know, and that's like, we're very prideful to be from Lincolnwood. So um, that's amazing to always go back and see that and then see kids actually playing outside and, and playing on the hoops that I played on. So I'm very appreciative of that. I am glad that you mentioned that because I do want to bring up the warehouse gym in a little bit here. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of talked about it a little bit before when we were talking about uh, the storm, but do you have any goals for yourself at this point in your career? You just kind of work in to just be jewel is there anything that you're working towards or is it you're just working right now and i i'm working on you know creating forever and being epic i'm creating you know i'm working on me you know i'm not trying to go i'm right where i'm supposed to be i feel like i feel like i'm right you know i didn't i'm not trying to rush anything or do too much um you know my career obviously i think i still have levels to get to and i'm not gonna rush it you know i think the timing of everything and you know, the timing of my progress is, is perfect. Um, so I'm working on just kind of creating things for the next generation of kids. I'm really focused on giving back as much as I can, inspiring the next generation of athletes. Um, that's something that I'm super passionate about. And, and that's what I, you know, that's my why now. It's not necessarily about me. Like I'm, I'm able to do this for six years and obviously hopefully more, but I, I, I'm, I'm here, you know, like I'm, I'm not content, but I'm here and I understand everything that comes into it, but um, as much as I, I go, I want to also give back. Time to, uh, well, not, oops. Uh, do you have a favorite pair of shoes to play in? Is there any that kind of sticks out to you? It's like, this is, this is my go-to, or is it just kind of going with what you feel that night? I mean, I've always worn Kobe's. Um, I would probably say the, the most meaningful Kobe's are the golds. Um, the finishers, those were by far the best because only I have them. And the story with them and you know what it means and the legacy of Kobe and, and and Gigi and our history like those are by far my favorite and you know they're tucked away in, in a safe and you know I'll keep them framed and, and all that other stuff and won't wear them again um, you know kind of writing off the, the chapter and closing the book on uh on life <laughs> on everything kind of happened oh yeah um do you have anything that do you have a favorite moment, you know, from 
any experience you had with Kobe that you'd want to share? You know, obviously, I'm sure that's a very special relationship to you. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you about him? You know, maybe, you know, making you laugh about something or pushing you to be better. You know, is there anything that you'd want to share from your relationship with Kobe? I think the biggest thing to take away for, for people to know is that, you know, I, I was definitely fortunate to see him as a father, see him as, you know, a man, the human that he was. Um, but he was so passionate about being a dad. Like he loved being a dad, you know, he loved caring for his girls and um, obviously he was, you know, a, a really good husband and he loved his family. Like he made sure that everything he did was for his family, for his girls, for the next people coming up. So I take that away because, you know, everything I want to do is for my family, right? The people I care about who, you know, who've had my back and everything like that. And he always made sure that like what you do now, like make sure you're leaving something behind, make sure that you're passing something down. It's not just for you. It's for, you know, the next people. It's, and so that's what he was doing in his later years of retirement. And, you know, it's, it's that is, you know, how can I inspire more people? How can I galvanize, um, you know, a world, a culture, a generation, and that's something that's super special and something I always will always cherish. I can definitely think that you you definitely uh, show that. I think, you know, what you've talked about, you know, with continuing to pass something, I definitely think that I definitely think you're doing a good job of holding that. Um, what's your friendship with Kyrie like now? Because I remember reading, you know, at first it was kind of like, hey, you know, working on different moves. And I'm sure, you know, over time that's evolved. What What's your relationship, you know, like with him? And I know he's been at a couple of games. It's always cool to see, you know, people visiting Seattle in general, but what's your friendship like with Kyrie? Yeah, Kyrie's, uh, he's family. Um, he's family to me. Um, you know, I've got to know his, his, his family, his dad, his sister, um, for the last couple of years now. And we're, we're very close. We talk, um, almost every day and we, you know, we, we laid on a lot of different things. So he's, he's family to me and, you know, he, he wants the best, um, for me and my family. I want the best for him and his family. And, uh, that's my boy, you know, um, I have a lot of appreciation and love for him. And like I said, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's great. He's amazing for everything he's done and the things he's go through. And um, he's a pure, you know, genius artist. And um, I'm very fortunate to have him in my life. It's always interesting whenever I see him in the headlines, obviously there's stuff about him, you know, oh, he didn't speak to the media. And I'm like, well, you know, I have a certain idol of mine that didn't necessarily want to speak to media. You know, Marshawn Lynch didn't necessarily like to speak to media because of the way they twisted his words. But with Kyrie, I've, I've always seen, you know, the way that he's given off the court and, you know, handled himself and just done a great job. I was like, I don't really care if he doesn't talk to the media <laughs> that day. You know, I don't think yeah. it matters that much. You know, I'm yeah. sure you've got your own opinion on that. I just, you know, I think he's, there's all that, oh, he doesn't want to talk to the media. He's this and that. I think, hey, He's done a great job of just being a solid human being. I don't think it matters, you know? Yeah. Um, did you want to add anything to that? No, I mean, you know, when you're different, when you're, you know, ready to break out the norm, people feel some type of way about it, regardless of what you do, you know? And that's why another reason why me and him connect on a different level, because I get like, I told him like, I love college and everyone was like, no, like I had, you know, a head coach was like, this is the worst decision. Like I wasn't supposed to be, you know, it's like you do something that's not traditional, the traditional way of doing things, people react. And yeah. so the fact that he's so confident in his himself and his family, he's so rooted in just being a good human being and ha giving himself grace and all those other things. Like that's the important things. You know, we, 
as a generation of society, we like to pick and choose what we want to talk about. And when someone looks bad or when something looks good, we praise them. And, you know, that's just how it is. But, you know, for him, it doesn't matter. Like, he's going to live his truth, right? Like, I'm going to live my truth. Like, you're going to live your truth, right? And that's the, you know, the blessing of living in this country is that you have your own truth, um, regardless of what people think about it. So, yeah, I mean, he gets, you know, bashed a lot, but, you know, he, his surrounding his circle and our circles are connected. So regardless of what the outside people think, if you're rooted in, in what you believe and all the things he does beyond just basketball, like he's a, he's a great man, you know, um, he's learning, he's growing. And people also forget that he's also 28. Like he's a young, he's young. You know, if we want to say that he's been in the league and done all these things and we see him as an older person, but he's not like, he's one year older than me, you know? So like, we're on this journey of still growth. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's part of life. And he understands that we understand that. And um, regardless, he's been doing some amazing things um, here and abroad. So uh, like you said, all the stuff that you hear in the media, you know, they, they don't always want to talk about the good things that he's, he's been doing. Either. I think you hit it on the head with the, uh, you know, once you break away from whatever the norm is supposed to be, people are always going to sort of, you know, kind of give you a sideways glance about things. So I, I think you hit it right on the head with that. Um, kind of related. I'm going to get into off the court stuff here. How important do you think it is for you to use your platform as a pro athlete to speak about things, you know, issues in the world, what is going on? How important do you think it is to be able to use that platform? Because obviously there have been, I think I talked to you about it a little bit. Um, sometimes people don't want you to speak on things, you know, it's just, hey, you play whatever sport, you know, insert, you shouldn't be talking about this, which, as I said, blasphemous. But how important do you think it is for you to use your platform? I think for anyone who has a platform, whether that's, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is, like you talk about it when you're educated about it. Um, that's the, always the biggest thing. You, you shouldn't necessarily talk on things that you aren't educated about. Cause there's so many other things that you're like, wait, I didn't know. I thought, you know, you just retweet something and you don't really know that's factual or not. So I try to do my best to educate myself on anything before speaking out about it and understanding everything and seeing it from different angles because that also helps me understand the process and information better. But I think it's super important because we have the ability to, to, to reach so many people. Like there's so many people that we don't even know who happen to you know follow you or look on Instagram and see you or see a tweet from Spain, from Russia, people that you may not know. So we can hit so many different people in different ways. So it's, I think it's important to, to use your voice because we all have one. And, you know, the, the main thing is to make sure that you're educated on it and you can inform people whatever way you swing, but understand that, you know, you have the right information. So I, I alluded to it before, but how much does the warehouse gym mean to you? You know, how, what, what place does that have in your heart? And, you know, uh, yeah. How did, what does it mean to you to have that, you know, and I believe it's you and your brother have ownership of it. Um, yeah. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah. The, the warehouse is, very historic in our area um you know i've been able to to go in with my brother and this amazing guy luke who loves the game of basketball and such an amazing soul but um you know we we wanted to change the the culture in the area area and we wanted to bring something that was new but still had the same history i mean this gym there's been so many athletes who came and trained in this gym uh, professional athletes, um, D1 athletes overseas, like they've all come to this one spot and it's super low key too, which is, I like, because I'll like only the real people like know about the gym. Um, so it's always cool to, to have that. But um, the kids who come in there are, 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 you know, people from around the area, from the city, from Milwaukee, from Wisconsin, 
Michigan. Um, so it's pretty cool to have a place where it's like the center for, for learning, for, for having a safe spot, to having a place where you could see the generations of athletes, coaches, um, to really build up the next generation. So we're super excited about it to, to finally get the place and put our mark on it and change the design and all those great things to really make it our own. But it's, um, it's very cool just because of the history of it. Like I said, there's a lot of people who play there. And so um, we're just trying to make it a little bit better but keep the, the history alive. Can you talk to me a little bit about the Lloyd Foundation and any future plans that you might have for it? Or is it, you know, you've got it where it is and you're, you're satisfied with it? Or do you have any bigger plans for it going forward? Yeah, we're working on a lot of things um, moving forward. It's really just how to empower, um, you know, the, the brown and black communities, uh, the young kings and queens that we see all the time who don't get recognition or don't have the resources or accessibility to things. So whether that's here in the States or that's over in Africa, um, we've done a lot of things over in Africa, in Rwanda, um, you know, developing classes and sending computers over there and, and helping them with their entrepreneurship and things like that. So we're, we're very involved in making sure that everyone has what they need to be successful. So um, yeah, we're working on some things. We want to make sure that it's done right. We want to make sure it's done, you know, with the right purpose and with a pure heart. And so uh, we don't want to rush and say anything, but we definitely have plans to, to make it better and give more as much as we can. Like I said, as much as I go up or our family grows, we want to also give back as much as possible. Oh yeah. I, uh, you know, I always think it's important when I do these, you know, uh, I had Rick Riz, uh, the radio voice of the Mariners, he has toys for kids. I always think it's important not only to focus on the Seattle sports aspect of this podcast, but to see, you know, what these, you know, athletes and figures do off, you know, their respective playing field, you know, and I think that's something to look at because even with platform, you know, as much as, you know, people know Joe Lloyd on the court, how much do they know, you know, when you're not, playing in Kobe's you know yeah <laughs> hitting game-winning shots so I always think it's important to look at that um and just you know I want to really thank you again while we're on here just because you know you look at the four titles behind my head that you know I was right my parents I believe they raised me right because obviously we've got the Seahawks and the Mariners here and the Sounders but the Storm are always present in my mind I know that they've had season tickets for a bit I know since you know the everything is a little difficult you know driving up to Everett I don't know how different it is for you guys, you know, having to go up to Everett, but it's always really important for me to acknowledge the storm because I remember in my, one of my weekly shows that we did, uh, I noticed that there was a 2020 yearbook in review and it failed to acknowledge the title. And I was like, that's a little weird. Nobody else won a title this year, you know? So I always, you know, I always really enjoy being able to cover just because it's a badass group of women, you know, I mean, continuing to not only, win on the court but seeing what you guys do off the court you know obviously uh sue and megan were i mean megan doesn't play with the team technically but you know yeah uh, technically uh, <laughs> she's still she's still a part of it <laughs> oh yeah no i'm maybe she could you know no, i'm kidding yeah <laughs> um we're down at the mass vaccination site just you know being being able to put a smile on people's face as they go to get vaccinated you know that whole thing and just you know continuing to see people do stuff with Oh, to continue with uh, Sue with the together uh, that and just, you know, off the court stuff. I really think yeah. it's important because as much as some of those other guys are great, they don't have four titles. So, right. you know, and just it's you guys are part of the city. That's why yeah. when I say circling Seattle sports. I mean, Seattle sports. I don't mean 
football and baseball. So I want to thank you for being on here and spend a little bit of time out of your day. I know we're getting ready. I know the draft's coming up and training camp's coming up. So uh, excited for next season. You know, I know there, as we talked about, a lot of new faces, but uh, I think that D-grade is blasphemous, as I said, you know, (laughs) thank you for coming on. Do you have anything that you'd want to promote or anything you want to leave uh, before I, we stop here? Um, I mean, not really, you know, if, if anyone's looking it up for training or things like that, I know people ask me, you know, I, I'm a part of the 94 feet of game um, app and it's been great. Um, it's, it's super easy, convenient, and it's another way to get professional advice from me um, and Phil, um, you, know, you know, with COVID everything happened out. It's been really, really cool to see people posting videos of them working out. So if you want to work out advice, tips, drills from, you know, the gold mama workout or just anything, uh, that's a place to, to go. Um, it's, 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 it's great. So, um, besides that, I mean, you've been, thank you for taking the time to, you know, talk to me and, and learn about me and, and our team and things like that. It's I've been a privilege to, to be in this space and, and have this conversation. And I will have to, I know there's a gold Mamba merch that I will link <laughs> and, um, there should be a website for 94 feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll, that's I'll, I'll link that. I'll have to have cool. that. So yeah. I want to thank you on, uh, thank you for being coming on. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, Baba Bowie.